Hey everyone, this is Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat features Kunal Argawal, CEO of Unravel or Unravel Data. Kunal, welcome to DevOps chat. Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much for having me here. Excellent. It was my pleasure to have you here. So, Kunal, let's get right, right to it. Unravel is the name of the company. Correct, not unraveled data. Unraveled, yes. But yet, unravel is about data to a certain degree. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know if our audience, if everyone in our audience is familiar with unravel. Why, why don't we start there? And sure, we are unraveling the mysteries of big data, Alan. That's why the name of the company. Um, <laughs> everybody's jumping onto big data apps. And what I mean by that is you may be doing something with machine learning, artificial intelligence, IoT, uh, even big scale data warehousing. And there's just so many problems that can happen running these applications at scale that people just have not seen before. Um, and these, this is a problem because of all these new systems and technologies that are coming about, such as Spark, Kafka, Hadoop, Cassandra, HBase, many, many more. And the complexity is all about, hey, how do I figure out why is my application not performing well or if it's failing? And it's usually a multi-tenant environment that these big data applications run on, which means there may be hundreds of users, thousands of applications that you are creating every day and running them. And figuring it all out and making sure that they run well is black art. Um, so there's a lot of trial and error that goes on into fixing these problems, finding the root cause of these problems. And that's what we have automated, meaning Unravel after it's installed on your big data cluster, um, will be constantly monitoring and managing everything. And if there is an issue, Unravel will be proactive about it, tell you why that issue happened, what caused it, and then even take a step further where it would resolve those issues for you so that you can spend time you know, creating all these amazing big data applications rather than focusing on fixing all these systems and application level errors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot there that we're going to dive into, but before <laughs> we do, now just give our audience, because I always find this fascinating. People want to know, how do I become a CEO? How does one get to be the CEO? Give us a little insight into your own personal journey I'm right. come to be CEO at Unravel. CEO is chief everything officer. Uh, when you first start off, you got to sweep the floors and you got to raise the funds and you've got to grow a team. Uh, there's, there's so many things uh, a CEO's role requires to do, especially in a young company uh, as you're growing it. Um, today, uh, now that we've grown to about 75, 80 people in total, across three different countries. We actually have offices here in the United States, uh, one in London and one in India. Uh, my, my job is becoming more about uh, recruiting, more about getting the team together. Um, and I think that's, you know, personally for me, if that is taken care of, uh, the entire company just hums and does well. Uh, everything else is secondary for me at this time but I do spend a lot of time doing marketing and sales and finance and product. Um, so it really depends on the day, Alan, <laughs> of what my job requires me to do. Um, okay. 
Hey man, you know, I, I, I've founded or co-founded three or four companies myself and even just running media ops, which is devops.com. That's right. It, it, you are chief cook and bottle washer when you're, you're chief everything officer, as you said. Right. Uh, you know, looking in your background, you're a, a double major graduate, uh, electrical engineering, computer science, master's degree uh, from Duke. I mean, you're well positioned to be a CEO. I, you know, uh, people would say looking looking at the background, but it's it's you know you never know what's coming at you next as the CEO. If I had to ask you, Kunal, what what's kind of been the biggest surprise or biggest kind of curveball that you've seen in your time at Unravel that you you said, geez, I didn't think I'd be doing this, or I didn't think this was part of the job. What would you say? Alan, actually going to school and getting all those double degrees does not help you at all becoming CEO. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it. I mean, you're talking someone who went to law school. I, I know all about it. Right. Yeah. I, I wish there was a school for CEO, but you know what? The only school for being CEO and leading a company is actually leading the company yeah. uh, because there's so many things that you learn along the way. Um, one thing, because we deal in enterprise software, uh, there's so many complexities to making a deal happen with a big company. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was one of the things that took me a while to grasp and make sure that we're doing it right. And I mean, all the boring stuff, like the contractual paperwork, all the legalities, going through InfoSec requirements, all the operational stuff around making a deal happen. You know, when you're, when you're in college and you're starting to think about a startup, you think about the cool product that you'll make, you'll think about the impact your product will have in the market and how so easily everybody will flock and come to you and get your product. <laughs> but yeah. it's not that simple. Uh, deals, and it takes nine months to 12 months to close some of these deals. Uh, so I think more than the surprise factor, preparing yourself and making sure that you can drive efficiencies in all of these different processes. I think that's been one of the key challenges for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kunal, you know, if, if I'm a, a, you know, a, a, a Silicon Valley VC, I'm looking at a company like Unravel, man, you're playing in all the right places. Big data is certainly such a huge, you know, I, I think, when we talk about things like machine learning and AI ops, really, they're, they're almost the children of big data. You, mm -hmm. you have those things without the big data, mm -hmm. first of all. So you, you're in the right place, obviously, the right time. It's, this is, you know, this is a very happening kind of space. What What is Unravel doing that is so... What's the special source? What's unique about it? Yeah, Alan. So when we created this company, and by we, I mean myself and my co-founder, Dr. Shivnath Babu, who's actually a professor of computer science at Duke University. We both met at Duke. And the problem we were trying to resolve is one of the most fundamental, but also probably the most complex and challenging problem to solve, which is how does one ensure that all of these big data technologies actually work and deliver on their promise? Um, and, you know, our, our approach to the problem was always, hey, you know, there will be a shortage of experts in the market. 
even if there are experts, these problems will be, you know, requiring a machine to solve them on time and efficiently. Um, so we took the long path of actually creating not just a monitoring tool, but a AI ops tool, if you may, um, which can decipher the problem, connect the dots, and resolve it for you. So it actually took us about three and a half years uh, to build this product, uh, or at least the first version of this product. And you know, we moved west to start working with some companies. I lived in New York. Uh, he was in North Carolina. And we gave up our cushy jobs, uh, moved to Silicon Valley because we wanted to work with companies who were using big data tech at scale. And some of these companies, you know, we still have advisors in uh, from Zynga, Rocket Fuel, Twitter, LinkedIn. And they really helped us understand the day-to-day issues that come up when you're running these technologies at scale. And we took a lot of those learnings into our first product. Um, so we were always about solving a core need that teams in big data tech uh, would definitely need. Um, and, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but we always put a big bet that, hey, these technologies, Hadoop, Spark, Kafka, et cetera, will become mainstream and companies will start using this a lot more. So what LinkedIn was doing five years ago, the biggest banks would start doing it now. And that's where we are in the journey today. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, full circle, talking about that journey and, and what you're doing, that's, what, that's how you become a CEO. It's about building, being willing to take the risk, giving up those cushy jobs, right? To, to do something that Absolutely. you believe in. And I think that's what separates... CEOs from people who kind of look and say, boy, I'd like to do that, but they don't actually do it. Um, let's talk about the market. You know, we're coming to the end of the year. You're participating yeah. in our PREDICT 2019 panel, which will be December 18th uh, event. You're going to be on the AI Ops panel looking ahead. Why don't you give us a sneak peek? What, what's kind of your, your take on what 2019 holds for AI Ops and big data and so forth and all. Oh yeah, Alan, so AI ops uh, is an evolution of IT ops or APM or DevOps, where mm-hmm. you're using machine learning to again, understand all of the data and you know this could be monitoring data, instrumentation data, that you, all these systems and applications are generating to draw insights from. Now, funnily enough, this is what our customers do with their data sets, right? Yeah. So with some of the biggest banks, some of the biggest insurance companies, some of the biggest healthcare companies, all Fortune 500. And you know, our methodology of going about monitoring for big data stack was always the same, which is why aren't we using big data technology on our data set, which is machine generated data, to glean into those insights and, and drive some prediction Um, and actually make things simpler and more accurate. Um, So AI ops is also one of the use cases of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Now, just as as the industry is evolving, um, what what we predict to see is the evolution of AI ops. So Unravel, for example, is already on one of the uh, end of the spectrum places where we actually make decisions 
on behalf of the operations and the development teams, uh, whether it is rewriting an application, whether it is making sure that your SLAs for your applications are being met by you know, moving low priority jobs uh, to a sub-optimized queue and high priority jobs to a priority queue or killing bad applications in the cluster all on your behalf to make it more proactive. Um, but what I predict is, you know, there's going to be an evolution in just the incumbent APM companies as well, where it's not just about giving people a monitoring screen or even a native monitoring screen and saying, hey, check out all the information we know about your application, but then I leave it up to you to, to decide and understand what's amiss, what's wrong, and how do you fix it. But I feel we're already now in the correlation and the insights phase, which is now I can start to connect the dots with these new software technologies that are out there. But in 2019, we'll start to also see some of these companies take the leap to be able to do automated root cause analysis, as well as guided remedies or automatic solutions to get out of these problems as well. Um, this industry is evolving at a very fast pace, so I'm super excited. Um, and it's all about, you know, making sure that some of the biggest applications in the world, which millions of people actually rely on, you know, all work like a well-oiled machine. And it's, it's all about guaranteeing reliability, which at the end of the day improves confidence of the customers using those products, uh, which further fuels more innovation and more growth. So it's, a, it's an amazing cycle. And AI ops is going to be a very, very key part of it. I, I, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. You know, in many ways, you know, I look back on 30 years in IT, and it, it really is a, a golden time to be alive if you're a developer or ops person and, or in, just in IT in general, right? There's the the possibilities and the tools and, and what's what's in front of you is so exhilarating, right? I mean, I you know, if I, I think back if I was 20 years old, now 22 years old coming into the So you mean like 10 years ago, Alan? Yeah, something like that. About okay. 10. About <laughs> 10. And uh, I mean just unlimited opportunity. I mean that that's kind of almost the that's way right. I'd look at it. And, and of course, it's companies like Unravel, right, that are kind of letting these opportunities take shape and packaging them for, for people to, to run with. So, right. old stuff. Um, specifically, Unravel, we, we only have a couple moments here left, but so, Kamal, what, what, anything on the horizon with Unravel you want to share with our audience? Yeah, Alan, absolutely. So, um, you know, even in big data technologies, there's so many to cover. Uh, we started our life off supporting Spark, Kafka, the entire Hadoop stack, uh, some NoSQL systems like EdgeBase and Cassandra, and some newer MPP platforms. Um, in 2019, we're going to further expand uh, some of those technologies and systems that we cover, um, especially as we start to see more and more big data workloads move to the cloud. Um, we're also seeing a lot of our companies demanding a hybrid real estate management, uh, you know, from the cliched one pane of glass, that can I see everything that's in my big data environment, whether that's on-premise and on the cloud together. So Unravel is launching that support as well. Uh, and last but not the least, we are also creating a solution from our product 
which is directed towards helping companies move from their on-premise environments to cloud environments. Uh, so actually using Unravel as a migration project management tool to help you assess, migrate, and then validate your migration. Uh, and on the assess side, figuring out what system should I get? Which instance types is best for my workloads? How can I keep under cost? What is the cost of running my big data workloads on the cloud? Um, to then validating and making sure that your SLAs are met, that you're under cost and under time, and everything is flowing like a well-oiled machine. Um, the way we look at it, Alan, again, you know, the way to look at our roadmap and anything on the horizon is we are here to help our customers in the entire journey of big data tech. So whatever they're deploying today and they want to use tomorrow, Unravel will be supporting that. And this is a natural evolution where companies are going from trying something out to getting something in production, first starting on premise and then going to the cloud. And those are all the, the shifts and transition points that we want to hold the hands of uh, the customers that we work with. Excellent, excellent. Well, Kunal, thanks for you know spending a few moments with us. As I told you, the time goes quickly. Yeah. We're, we're way over time, but it's okay. Hopefully, people have stayed on till now to listen. I want to wish you lots of continued success with Unravel. We'll be checking in on it. Again, a reminder, Kunal will be on our December 18th Predict 2019 virtual event, and Kunal will be participating in the CEO panel, taking a look ahead at AI Ops in 2019. So join us. You can register for that at predict2019.com. Um, but Thanks. until then, no, thank you. And have a great Thanksgiving holiday. As well. Hello. Yes, thank you. Hello to all of our friends at Unravel. Um, and that's going to make a wrap on this episode of DevOps Chat, everyone. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps Chat, devops.com. Have a great day and a great holiday. <laughs>